I'm just saying, like, as far as team building goes, yeah, you lost a lot of money. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, what's their ceiling? Lucas was mentioning it earlier. What's their ceiling? If you don't think it's a Super Bowl with Dak right now, then I don't know what to tell you. It is a Super Bowl. I don't that know. No, it's no, not. That is the ceiling. Absolutely yes, not. No. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the You Thought Sports Podcast. I am joined today by the usual cohort, uh, Wyatt, Jared, Aiden, Lucas, uh, and yours truly is hosting Bart. Today we've got uh, some great stuff for you, some NFL content, some NBA content, and we'll cap it off with uh, a discussion of our favorite and least favorite nicknames. Um, before we dive into that, though, I just want to recap some of the news that we won't be talking about today. Uh, Big Ben restructured his deal with the Steelers, so he'll be back for 2021. Chris Godwin got the franchise tag. Jimmy G is reportedly the Pats' option A this offseason. We'll see how that happens. Uh, and on the <laughs> basketball side of things, Blake Griffin signed with the Nets. They were touted as his most likely choice, and that's where he ended up. Uh, and then, of course, the All-Star weekend happened. Um, Embiid and Simmons from the Sixers missed it. LeBron's team won because of that reason. Steph won the three-point contest. Uh, Sabonis won the skills challenge. And a guy I've never heard of before, Anthony Simmons, won the dunk contest. I don't know if anybody Blazers, else right? Him. Yeah, Blazers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So heard that of was them? No, interesting. Yeah, yeah. My, my old roommates used to convince, try to convince me that he was uh, up and coming. So you're right. Here we are. He's named after Penny Hardaway. So he's got good blood. Yeah, Anthony Hardaway's Penny, or Anthony whatever yeah penny hardaway's real name yes sorry that was great penny Penny is short for (laughs) anfari not penelope i think it's just a nickname i'm sorry it's been a day (laughs) you're getting ahead of yourself yes oh true Um, true. uh, yeah but yeah anyways so that's that let's dive right in let's start off with some good old nfl content um, recently, every offseason it seems like there's some suggested real changes. Recently, the Ravens were the latest culprits. They proposed a change to the NFL's overtime rules. Uh, they have proposed a spot-and-choose proposal where one team, so the winner of the coin flip either chooses option A or option B. Option A is selecting the overtime starting position on the field, and then the other team chooses whether to play offense or defense. So clearly a, a very big, drastic change if this were accepted. Aiden, are you a fan of this proposal? Yeah, no, it's it's fun. It adds like a fun little like challenge aspect to OT. Um, I think the best analogy I heard was someone saying like, if you want kids to, you know, like split up a cake, you have one of them slice it and the other one choose the choose the piece. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it like I, I would love to see some team playing the Chiefs like spot the ball at, like the ten and then have the Chiefs like still want to play offense. Like I'm really intrigued <laughs> by like the the combinations that could be created out of this. I also look forward to like you know like the stats teams or this like you know stat office of uh, NFL teams are going to go wild with this. We're going to see like the ball placed on like the thirty eight point three yard line or something. You know, like, they're going <laughs> to they're going to get real into it. Um, but the, the thing I'm still not sold on is it seems like it's still open as to how the game will end. It seems like there are two options. One would be sudden death, which I still don't think is a good idea. It wasn't a good idea originally when NFLOD did it. Um, and the other option, I think, is a, like a seven-minute, 30-second period, essentially, and whoever's leading at the end wins, which also feels a little dumb just because one team could pretty much milk like a lot of that, I feel like. Um, so I'm not quite sure why they don't just use the current rules to some extent with the like touchdown wins it, but field goal wouldn't. Um, and also I kind of just want them to do college OT. (laughs) I still kind of just want that to happen, I guess. But anyway, I am a fan. I was going to ask if anybody thinks there's a better way. (laughs) I think some combination of this and college OT would be the best because I think like the problem with NFL overtime, the problem I've always thought existed is that like not each team doesn't get an equal shot to win the game once you get to overtime and that's the biggest issue like this is fun and a better version of it but if you don't give like each team that equal shot to win like then what's the point essentially so like i think this could be a fun way to start off the overtime period but i don't think it's like a a be all end all it's like fixing nfl overtime 
Agreed. Yeah, and kind of what Aiden you alluded to is like the pace. The pace of the game will still be weird though. Let's say you put it on the ten, you get stuffed, and then you just punt it, and they get the ball in like the fifty, and it's just a regular NFL overtime game from then, where it's really boring and like they're grounding and, pr- and pounding and like getting five yards, three like two yards every play, and just you keep trading punts. Like it's it's just gonna make that first possession interesting. Mm. And then after that, is it not going to be – it's going to be kind of like a regular game, right? Because you're just playing, like, normal rules after that. So I don't, I don't know if the pacing would really be that fun after, like, the first possession. I don't know if it would be that fun. That's a good point. I do like that they're trying something. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the NFL's overtime, is, in my opinion, is pretty boring. I aren't the, I, I don't remember exactly what the numbers are, but aren't they, like, remarkably close to 50-50 for college – Overtime is that true? Because I know the NFL ones are like very much not. And that was part of the reason they changed. I think we did an episode of this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think you're right. Yeah, um, but I, do you, do I we think they're not doing college OT just or like something like that just because they want to have their own unique thing? Like, is it literally just <laughs> for that reason? I do think so. I think yeah. that they would absolutely want to keep themselves separate from college and say that we're a little different than college. <clears throat> That's why. The only thing I don't like about this is that it would take special teams out of the game. And I know mm-hmm. special teams aren't exactly interesting, but business-wise, I don't think it'd be a great move. Uh, and, I mean, a kick return is fun to watch <laughs> when it happens. And I think that yeah. the, the the fact that it doesn't happen so often makes it more fun to watch. And I know that they want to drastically change a lot of the things that they do and that the, I think it was the XFL or the AAF or whatever it was. Um, <laughs> ARB, Hard to keep Whatever track. it was. was yeah. uh, <laughs> they, they changed the kickoff rule and they're like, oh, kickoffs are much more exciting that way. So I'd like to see them do something a little bit differently than just be like, oh, we're going to put it here on like the, like you said, like the 10 and then just have a regular game after that. You might as well just have a regular game from the get go. I would have been more in favor of them doing their fourth and twenty-five rule for the instead of a punt. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that they proposed last year than I would be mm-hmm. of this rule that they're proposing. Yeah, I think that's fun. <clears throat> that is fun. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not like how, to. I, go ahead, Mark. Go I was just like, I wonder how much of it is literally just change for the sake of change. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, the NFL is like totally okay with that. Basically, they're like, all right, this rule doesn't work. Let's freaking change it. This rule does work. <laughs> Or like we change this rule, it doesn't work. Yeah, like the pass interference rule, right? Where you could challenge oh, it that true. lasts like a year, and then they were like, "No, this is a dumb idea. It doesn't yeah. really work." They, they literally never used it, or like it never changed a call a single time. Right? Oh, really? Was, <laughs> they literally put it in to satisfy people, knowing they were never going to actually have refs use it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. I just I doubt they'll ever change. The, uh, I doubt they'll change it this offseason because I feel like it never happens that quickly in the NFL. But we mm. shall see. So let's move on now. The probably the the big news recently in the NFL is that Dak is back, meaning he's staying in, in place, but he's back in a sense. Uh, the Cowboys re-signed him four years, a hundred sixty million dollars. It's a stunningly high deal. Uh, Wyatt, let me throw it to you. Just how far back? Uh, not a leading question at all. Just how far back is this set the Cowboys? Oh, I hate this question. I don't know how much farther back the Cowboys could go from their last year's oh team, uh, but they're definitely not getting much better. I think that their ceiling was and it always will be the NFC East Championship, which is not saying much. I mean, they they can beat out the Washington football team and the New York Giants um, and the Philadelphia Eagles, which a round of applause to them, but... Right now, the Cowboys are financially strapped, and over the next several years, Dak Prescott joins a long list of terrible contracts that Jerry Jones has given out. <laughs> Amari Cooper is $20 million a year. Ezekiel Elliott, $15 million a year. Demarcus Lawrence, $21 million a year. Jalen Smith, $11 million a year. And, of course, Dak Prescott now is making $40 million a year. He has tons of guys who are making top five money, and he has yeah. zero guys who make who are a top five talent. <laughs> no, I'm gonna play it. It's not no. as bad. It's not as bad as it looks, actually, yeah. though, because their cap hit this year, like the counting against the salary cap, is only twenty two million. That yeah. ma- that would make him the thirteenth. That's a thirteenth among quarterbacks. Yeah. 
So as long as like I don't know I don't know how all that works. As long as the cap is fine, it doesn't really matter. They saved money by not franchising him this year, so it's not really as bad as it looks. And imagine when Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson get paid, it's gonna be something freaking astronomically crazy. We're gonna be like what? And then Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott's contract's gonna look like kind of cookie crumbs. And no, like, because we're not gonna scoff at Josh Allen's contract because yes, Josh Allen yeah, and Lamar are. Jackson are miles above. No, Dak they're not. Prescott. They're not the miles scoff- ahead. Yes, yes, they are. The reason why we're scoffing at uh, the forty million dollars a year is because the Cowboys haven't done anything. The Cowboys haven't won anything. One playoff win, and they won one game last year with him, Jared. By the way, they they <laughs> that wasn't his fault though. Josh Allen has gotten to AFC Championship. <clears throat> Lamar Jackson has won an MVP. Dak Prescott hasn't accomplished or even sn- been come close to sniffing any of those accomplishments. <laughs> oh my god! I just don't think it matters that much because we live in a world where Kirk Cousins is sorry, is making thirty three million a year. We have, yeah. Okay, know, all right, hold Jared on. Goff making thirty three million. I'm not yeah. saying he's bad, but like how much? Like it wasn't like Dak was going to be getting like you know eighteen million a year. Like he was going to yeah, get but... somewhere between thirty five and forty. There's just no avoiding that. Like, so I just don't think it's a big deal that it's forty. I guess. But still, I don't know, this sort of goes back to what we talked about with Russell Wilson last week. You're not going to be one of the highest paid quarterbacks and also have the best team around you. Like the just the, the structure yeah. of that doesn't work and I think that it's not even like you know they're gonna have to like lose lots of good talent to sign back they're just like not a talented team and now so much <laughs> of their like cap is taken up by their star players like Wyatt mentioned and I think it just like it, there's no way it's sustainable like is Dak a good quarterback yes like is Mark Cooper good sure but like uh, we're at the point where they can't build a team around him because you can't have the highest paid players and be the best team. Like, I mean, I guess the Chiefs are an exception, but for the but most they're not part. paying. But if the but, but if the cap yeah, hit yeah. is twenty, if the cap hit is only twenty two million dollars, they do have money to spend. How much money he, do they have to spend, Jared? How much money? How much cap room do they have? I think. Well, they say what they saved sixteen million at least off a of Dak. So there, there's that to play with. I have okay. no idea. So you're gonna revamp an entire defense with sixteen. They also have the tenth overall pick, Wyatt. And you know who else they got? Dan Quinn for the new defensive coordinator. I know the jury's still out of changer. Yeah, Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn. He was the he was the defensive coordinator. He was the defensive coordinator when the Seahawks (laughs) destroyed the Broncos in the Super Bowl. Wasn't he also the coach of the team that blew one of the biggest leads in the Super Bowl? (laughs) That's one game. Isn't he also? Isn't Mike McCarthy still the head coach of that team? Why they're gonna here? Hold on. This is this is a bucket I had written down. I'm gonna book the Cowboys. The Cowboys are going to lead the league in points per game next year. I'm booking that. Whoa. And in points allowed. Maybe in points allowed. But yeah, two help each other. I'll book this. I'll go ahead. Cowboys. Cowboys do not finish more than one game above 500. Okay. Can I throw in a book at two? Yeah. It, while we're doing it. I also want to book that they'll allow, they'll be in the bottom three in points allowed next Whoa. year. Okay. 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 I like these. Okay. Wyatt, the Cowboys offense is yeah. locked and loaded. They're they're going to go off this next year. I'm serious. Jared, yeah. they won one game with Dak Prescott last but the, year. It was not his fault. It they was were, the defense's fault. He, he was on the team. Like 35 <laughs> okay, Jared, but they can't pay anybody on the defense. Yeah, they're drafting they them. They can't, so they're not going to win them it. Then. They're drafting tenth, their entire defense. They have the 10th overall pick. No, I, you know, I, already feel, I can already feel the, the dumbest pick I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm like a, a Jalen Waddle at number 10. They're going to go in, all in on this offense <laughs> that, again or something like funny. that. That would be funny. Yeah, remember when they drafted another wide receiver <laughs> yeah. last year? <laughs> yeah, and look how look at how good he did. He almost Three had a thousand yeah, Jared, he did quite great. Good. They won like yeah. four games. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I mean, might even book that freaking three one thousand yard thing, Spart. Yeah, I'm, I'm not yet. We can wait till you get close to the season. Why? You know who's on the team? Jerry's no, gonna have our guy. You're gonna have our Cowboys ready to book it every week until the season starts. Okay, Lucas and Wyatt though. Do y'all do y'all like actually believe they'd be in a better place if they just let Dak go? Yeah. I know that they're strapped, but like, would they be in a better place if they just like cut it? Or if they franchise tagged him for thirty eight million, yeah. would they be? In the Honestly, I would. I would not <laughs> say it's out of the question if he if he left that they'd be worse off. Yeah, I what? agree with. They that. Are you they're kidding me? They were terrible with Andy, Andy Dalton. No, no, no. I, I'm thinking maybe they could get somebody in the draft. Yeah, especially if they traded up, which they could. Mm-hmm. But you have no idea. Mm-hmm. 
what I mean, that, yeah. who that pick is and what they're going to look like. Right, but we've talked about this before, but the value of quarterbacks, good quarterbacks on rookie deals is like astonishingly valuable, right? Mm. I mean, this is not that. <laughs> yeah, but if they have the 10th pick, unless they seriously trade up, and this year, this year is going to be a really like competitive year to trade up, like who are they getting? They're not getting Trevor like Lawrence or Zach Wilson or, Tra- yeah, like, Trey Max could fall to 10. Trey yeah, but do you think Trey, yeah. I, I think he could, plausibly he could be as, I mean, is it likely? No, but he could be, he could be that good. I, I, mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, as far as team building goes, yeah, you lost a lot of money. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like, what's their ceiling? Lucas was mentioning it earlier. What's their ceiling? If you don't think it's a Super Bowl with Dak right now, then I don't know what to tell you. It is a Super Bowl. I don't know it's no, it's not. That is the ceiling. Absolutely yes, not. No, how can you look at the way the team is played? Like, they Jared, how can come you... close to a Super Bowl? They didn't. How can they... you? In twenty years, they haven't come close to the Super Bowl. God, Lucas. Jared, you're well. Dax only been on the team four years, so don't put all the twenty years stuff on me. Jared, you're a smart guy. I don't know how you can look at like their last few years of them playing football and be like, you know what? Super Bowl bound. No, but hold like, on. The, their O line, their O line was decimated by injuries last year, right? Okay, what about the year before down. that? They blew, they blew Jack a lead to down. the Eagles, a terrible Eagles team the year before that in the NFC East. They yeah, couldn't, they couldn't go. All they needed to do was go nine and seven and beat Carson Wentz in the B team, and they couldn't even do that. That was the Jason Garrett era, though. We're in the Mike McCarthy era now. <laughs> no, I'm Mike serious. McCarthy and Dan no, Quinn I, era. Yeah, yeah no, Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore. I, <laughs> I like that. I like that trio. I like that trio. I'm not. I'm not joking. Both Dan Quinn and Mike. I'm booking this right now too. Then the last they're winning. They're winning the <laughs> NFC East by two games. Uh, no. I'm looking at right now. <laughs> no. If the Washington football team get a good quarterback, the Washington football team will be the best team in that division. Is, is no, somebody yeah. writing these down? Because Jared, we're going to hold Jared supposed to write I will, Jared yeah, keeps I track. Exactly. If Jared, if you get all these right, I will fly with you to Dallas for a Cowboys game. <laughs> yeah. If all of these are I will, true, I will hey, buy a Dak Prescott jersey. Texas is completely open. It's Lucas, do you think you can get a ticket to a 13 and 0 Cowboys game? You know, there's, there's no yeah. way. <laughs> that That's a good one. No, for the for the 2022 season, we got okay. we got to wait for the 2021 season for this all to come to fruition. That's true. And so. to be safer, <laughs> frankly. No. Yeah, that's true. But <laughs> you know what else would be safe? What? Transitioning instead of talking about the Cowboys for ten more minutes. <laughs> yeah. so let, uh, let's uh, let's uh, hop on over to, to our NBA talk now. Jared, if you get if you get all of those right, <laughs> I will wear a Dak Prescott jersey every day for a month straight. If you get all of those right, and I don't believe you will. Jared, Someone I, please I will, write that one down. I will buy your game ticket and plane ticket to Dallas if you get all uh, of you these. Know, right. I'll buy the <laughs> all right. <laughs> Okay, I'll write them down. I don't remember all of them, but whatever. <laughs> I'll write them down. Actually, I'm gonna walk that game? back. I'm not. I'll just buy the game ticket, not the plane. <laughs> okay. That's yeah. the deal. Yeah. deal. Some quick math. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not including fees or taxes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right then. Um, <laughs> Speaking of LaMelo Ball. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. <clears throat> um, as some of you may know, LaMelo Ball has been having a terrific rookie season. He actually is the first rookie in over 40 years to lead all rookies in points, rebounds, and assists at the All-Star break point. So, Lucas, let me ask you, just how legit is LaMelo, and do you think any other rookie – can you see any other rookie catching him this season? No, he's really, really good. I don't think any other rookie can even come close. Since he's worked his way into the starting lineup, he's been dominant. In the 15 games he's started, he's averaging 21 points, 7 assists, and 6 rebounds per game. Those are insane numbers for like an NBA veteran. That's like... You're approaching <laughs> LeBron level of production at that point. Like not not to make that comparison. I don't think I don't think he's as good as LeBron. But what LeBron's numbers every year are like 25, 8, and 7 about, and he's. A few points shy of that, a few like an assist shy and a couple of rebounds shy of that in his rookie year. Um, and again, he'll have to keep it up. But even the big knock against him about being like a bad shooter seems to not be true. Mm-hmm. Um, in those games that he started again, the last 15, 16, whatever games it's been, he's shooting 44.9% from three, which is genuinely ridiculous. Like, I, I, he's... 
I'll book this. And I don't know how we're ever going to measure this, but in the spirit, I think he's a top 10 player in the league within five years. I think he has shown that he is just, I don't know, he can do it all. He, I'm all aboard the Vlamelo Ball hype train. He's doing well. <laughs> I'm trying to evaluate how hot of a take that is. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, That's pretty hot, I guess honestly, that's pretty to hot. say about anybody. Any rookie, to say about any rookie. There's a lot of young talent. That's pretty. Yeah, okay. Like, I don't think, you don't think Ja is going to be <laughs> that's a what top I was 10 ask. player, right? Yeah. Yeah. In five might, years, I don't really know about that. I do. He might be. Yeah. A top 10 player? Be I'm not, I, think he could. I mean, someone's got to be top 10, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. All those other guys are going to be old. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing working against John Morant is that he plays in Memphis. Yeah. He's a stud. Yeah. I think it, it doesn't hurt LaMelo Ball that this is also one of the worst w- rookie classes that we've had in, in a while. Yeah. I know yeah. that Anthony Edwards <laughs> and uh, who's the other guy? Jameis Wiseman. Wiseman. Um, were not exactly it was not there was not a clear number one overall pick going into this year mm. which kind of the you know puts an exclamation point on the fact that nobody was like really too excited about any of these players as prospects mm. <clears throat> so i mean it helps yeah. lamella ball I, lamella ball is really good i'm not going to take anything away from that uh, I like watching him play. Love watching the highlights. It looks like he's having fun, which I think is like the biggest thing. It looks like the team is having fun. Um but you know, it it would in last year's rookie class maybe not be so clear cut, but I think that you know that it doesn't hurt that it kind of extenuates or exaggerates the spotlight. Ex- that accentuates. Accentuates. Yeah, that's hey. what you're looking for. The spotlight that um is on him. Yeah, yeah. I, I also want to add. I think it's. Noteworthy that he went to like not a perennial playoff team or anything like that, but like the the mm-hmm. measly Hornets who are just like yeah. not very good usually. So I like you know I think it'd be a little less impressive if a rookie was doing really well, but he was like on the Warriors for instance. I mean maybe that's a bad example because he didn't have that much ball time. Uh, no pun intended. But yeah, I, I think it, it's cool that he went there, and I think it's cool that even like Michael Jordan was like, yeah, we thought he'd be good, but we didn't think he'd be this good. Yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Him and Gordon Hayward, a core for the future. Yeah. Isn't Gordon Hayward players. like thirty something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's been the, healthy the funny for like half is, the season. Anyway, yeah. The funny thing is that it's I haven't heard much from uh, his pops going crazy That's on true. TV or anything, <clears throat> which, which is interesting. Yeah. Does he wear like that brand, big baller brand? No, no, he doesn't. I think <laughs> so, he's, he's so who does Puma, wear? Actually, I think. Yeah, I think who, yeah. Puma who right? does wear big baller brand? If, Nobody. Lamelo and Longo Ball never actually really wore a big baller brand. He would like start the game in big baller brand and then he would switch them out of <laughs> yeah, I, it's I like think his dad really game. like. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, you're good. Uh, yeah, I was just. I think his dad like completely got. Uh, I don't know. Like uh, upset by all the all the criticism and he took it to heart or something because I feel like he's like done for good now with being that super attention like seeking. Yeah. Uh, just like bombastic yeah. personality. I don't know. But he maybe was right. maybe we just need to wait for say what? Oh, sorry. I was gonna say he was right. His kid, two of his three kids are excellent <laughs> basketball players. Like, he, you know, he yeah. did do a good job. <laughs> and I just, I have one follow up question for you guys, which is between Carmelo and Lamelo. When you say Mello, who do you think of first? Does Lamelo deserve the Mello nickname yet or no? Apparently, this is a question. I've heard the cutoff is were you born before or after 2004? And as people who were all born six to seven years before 2004, I think that we are firmly in the Carmelo. In the mellow, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Why yeah. is 2004 the cutoff, though? I don't know. It was a tweet I saw, like, I don't yeah. know. But this was, there, was, there was apparently beef between the two of them. Like, who, who's, <laughs> who do you call mellow? Yeah. I say... I say when Lamelo wins three playoff series, which is all <laughs> Carmelo has ever won. I say once really? he crosses that threshold, yeah, in his entire career he's won three playoff series. Wow, that's not like, great. That would not be enough to win the finals, correct? Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like, where's your yeah. where's your criticism of Carmelo Anthony? That's actually outrageous. It is oh, the most overrated player of all time. Uh, 
Okay. Anyways, so as I mentioned earlier, the All-Star break did just happen this weekend, so we want to take a look back and recap uh, mid-season type of thing. So first of all, let's look at mid-season contenders and pretenders. We're going to walk through five teams and just evaluate what we think of them. Let's start with the Sixers. Let me throw it to you, Lucas. Contenders or pretenders for your hometown team? So I'm going to go... I'm going to go contender, but not favorite. And I know that's not the exact question that's being asked. But I think <laughs> the Sixers are like an undoubtedly excellent team. They have all you want. They've got a superstar with Embiid. They've got a world-class number two in Simmons who can do pretty much everything on the floor. Um, and they have a great third option, maybe one of the league's best in Tobias Harris. He's been averaging 20-plus per game. They're doing really well. Um, they have a good cast of sporting talent, Seth Curry, Danny Green, Shake Milton. But I don't think they're quite the favorite in the East or to win the finals. Um, and I say this as someone who loves the Sixers and has watched every game this year because, one, Ben Simmons is an excellent all-around player and fits his role perfectly, but they probably need a guy who can flat-out shoot like to be that number two option. That's why I, I like the Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry trade that's being proposed where they ship Danny Green and some other assets for Lowry. Um, and I think the second thing is that they have a lack of bench depth. Like, their bench players exist on a binary of, like, best players in the world and worst players in the world. And they're, like, you can, they can only be one of them. And, like, sometimes, like, Shake Milton, Dwight Howard, and Maz and Mike Scott look great. But, like, at least 60 or 70% of the time they are they're like minus 25 or something in a game and it's up to like the the starters to pull them back because doc rivers likes to play a lot of like all bench lineups and they always just like lose the starters lead like that's just how it goes essentially um so because of that those two things i think that they're contenders i think they're probably eastern conference finals they'll make either the eastern conference finals or the nba finals but i don't think they're gonna win it at all Jared, how about you? Yeah, 100% they're contenders. Uh, as long as both Embiid and Simmons are still healthy by the time they get there, you know? Like, I don't think they're going to have much trouble until they get to the Nets, to be honest. And kind of just going off on a, on a little aside, I think the Nets, in my opinion, are like the new favorites to win the, the NBA title, and that's like the biggest hurdle for the Sixers. I, I, I'm not like too worried about them stacking up against the Lakers, personally, but I think the Nets is like their biggest challenge, but... Long story short, contenders for sure. How about the Milwaukee Bucks? Wyatt, what do you think of them? Contenders or pretenders? Pretenders. There's nothing that the Bucks have done this year that have been extremely impressive to me, and I think that the fact that Giannis is still playing the same style this year as he did last year, as he did the year before that, as he did the year before that, you know, as he might continue to do forever – is kind of is very unimpressive to me and it just kind of makes it hard for me to believe that they're going to make a bigger leap this year than they did any other years before they last year they were eliminated early they kind of choked uh, the year before they were choked and you can just kind of bottle up Giannis and put him to the side and force the rest of the team and Chris Middleton to beat you and even at, even though they traded for Drew Holiday I think that really kicking themselves because they didn't actually go for the better point guard, which would have been Chris Paul, which then would have made them a contender. But right now I'm just the Bucks have to earn my trust as far as being a true contender goes. What about you, Aiden? Yeah, I agree. Pretender. I, I think I have Bucks fatigue and also they just haven't been as dominant as years past and they've been pretty mad against anyone who's like like competent competition. Um, I also think having the Sixers and Nets like, I think the Sixers and Nets are the biggest, like, like challengers or the, like, toughest teams the East has had in, like, a couple years, I think, especially the Nets, mm-hmm. like, the way they've been looking of late. Um, so I, it's hard for me to take the Bucks seriously when or that seriously um, when the past couple years they've been, like, dominant in the regular season and kind of fizzled out in the playoffs. And this year they haven't even, like, really dominated in the, in the regular season. And agreed with Wyatt definitely that Giannis doesn't like he hasn't evolved like as he would I feel like kind of need to in order for the Bucks to take that leap. Um, but yeah, pretender. But he went sixteen for sixteen in the All Star game. So, like, that's the leap. Yeah, dimes or laps or something <laughs> like <yeah>. that. <laughs> alley oops. Uh, Thirteen of those were alley oops off the backboard uh-huh. to himself. Yeah, to himself. <laughs> <clears throat> 
Yeah, Wyatt, let's throw it back to you. What do you think of the Jazz going to the Western Conference? Double pretenders for me today, guys. I think that the Jazz are one of those regular season teams that come into the West, much like the Denver Nuggets have been uh, in years past. Sometimes teams in the West just climb all the way up to the top, uh, win a lot of games, and then I wouldn't really bet on them to win a championship. Because right now, the West goes through... LeBron James, and if it doesn't go through LeBron James, it goes through Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Uh, the Jazz are good. Their stars are young, and I don't believe that they have more than one star out of Donovan Mitchell. He's the only guy on that team that I would call a star. Everybody else is good, but they need more. Lucas? Yeah, I yeah, I think I agree with you to an extent. I put them in a similar vein as the Sixers, in which I think they're definitely contenders, but I wouldn't put them close to like the top of my favorites to win. Uh, the NBA Finals. Um, I think that they're probably the team with the best depth in the NBA and the most guys who can score. I think you need when you, if you want to win an NBA title, you need somebody who can just take over games. And they're two like best players, uh, Donovan Mitchell and Gobert. I don't know if they're quite there yet. I don't, like I know Mitchell had points in the bubble playoffs last year, like sort of took over, but he never did it on like a sustainable basis. And Gobert just like it's not his game to score. So I just don't think they have enough of a go to guy at this point in a way that like the Clippers or the yeah, the Clippers have with Kawhi, the Lakers have with LeBron, uh the Nuggets have with Jokic, even the Suns have with like Devin Booker. I just don't think they have that singular guy who can like take over a game in the way that you need to to win the NBA finals. And for that reason I think Again, they're probably Western Conference Finals team, but I don't think maybe any bit any any further than that. Okay. Speaking of the Suns, let me ask you, Aiden, <laughs> what do you think of them? Contenders or pretenders? Uh, going contender. Um, standing by my book it on this that they'd make the Western Conference Finals. Got to stay with that. Um, but also, they've won thirteen of their last fifteen. Uh, both the losses were very close. One of which was to the Nets. Uh, and they showed last year, like, I think they, they have a real tendency to, like, go on streaks, this team. I could definitely see them being, like, a, a team that goes on a bit of a streak during the playoffs and is a scary team to play. Um, and, like, they have that great young core, plus the, like, Chris Paul was, that was such a good addition. He brings the team together. He's still got it. And, yeah, I, I think they're for real. Bart? Uh, I... Uh, I... I say pretender, but I am, like, so close. I, I think they are remarkably close to being contenders, but they're not quite there yet. So I want to talk for a minute about offensive ratings and defensive ratings. Mm-hmm. I do have a point here. I manually, I, looked, I manually looked through this, and I might have made a mistake, but as far as I can tell, you have to go back to the 2004 Pistons to mm-hmm. find an NBA champion that wasn't top 11. You have to do it 11 mm-hmm. to make the stat work. That wasn't top 11 in both <laughs> offensive and defensive rating. So this year, there are only two teams that fit that criteria, the Jazz and the Suns. Mm. Not the Lakers, surprisingly, not the Clippers, not the Bucks. Uh, this is my main knock against the Nets, actually, because they're 26th in defensive rating. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. So that's my main thing. I think you really have to be really good on both sides of the ball. The stats show it, and the Suns are that. I also think yeah. that's why I'm high in the Jazz. Yeah. And like like Lucas said, Devin Booker's amazing. Uh, Chris Paul has been, um, you know, just, yeah, really reliable. Uh, eight in this season is like as good as yeah. ever. He's like a raising their defense is I think like third in defensive rating. Yeah. My main knock against them, and the reason I say they're not quite there yet, is playoff experience. I'm falling back to the cliche of playoff experience. The Suns haven't been in a playoff series period since 2010, and like you can't rely on Chris Paul being a floor general when like nobody else has been there. I just think they need a couple of seasons to get some you know like seasoned experience in the playoffs and fighting like teams like the Lakers or the Clippers in full seven game series. I wouldn't bet on them this year. But like Aiden said, they can get hot, so maybe I'll be wrong. We'll see. But yeah, that's where I stand with them. And last but not least, the Clippers. Jared, what do you think of them? I'm I'm off the bandwagon. I'm saying they're pretenders, actually. I, I they're just such a like inconsistent team that I really can't put my faith in them. Like they go one night beating the Wizards, which isn't really something special by twenty, and then getting blown out by the Grizzlies like the next night by thirty points. I don't know. It just doesn't. I'm not, like, sold on Kawhi Leonard anymore either as, like, a, a guy that can... I think with the Raptors, he had, like, just this perfect storm, perfect situation. He wasn't even... He was the best player, but he wasn't really the leader. And now where he's, like, kind of the leader, I'm not really sold on can he do it. You taking him like, out of your Like, even with San Antonio. Say again? You taking him out of your S tier? <laughs> I'm thinking about it, yeah. I'm thinking about taking him out of my S tier. Because every time, every time he's won a championship, 
there already was this really like pre-established awesome culture like the San Antonio Spurs and then the Raptors and now like yeah, the, the Clippers number one, one. it just doesn't no but he didn't have to lead the team though like like spiritually I guess as a, as a leader <laughs> no I mean like he might have been the best player but he wasn't he was a mercenary not, not he is a captain, mercenary right? that's his job no, and that doesn't work in Los Angeles. That doesn't work on the Clippers when it's supposed to be your team now. <laughs> anyway, I just don't. They're really inconsistent, so I don't really trust them in a in a series. So I'm saying pretender. I agree. I agree. Although I I, I have some extra reasons I want to tack onto that. Uh, firstly, uh, their defense is quite average this year, which they fell off on that aspect. I think that's a, a big like I was just saying. Defensive rating is a, apparently a predictor, and they're not quite there yet. Although their offense is really really good this year, so that's one thing. Secondly, they've lost depth. Last season, their depth was like one of their biggest, you know, advantages. They lost the sixth man of the year, Harrell. They're relying on Kawhi and Paul George a lot for scoring this season, which I don't think bodes well for the playoffs. Because, um, like, this is really my main hesitation. Even though Paul George is shooting a lot more efficiently this year and he seems like he's, like, on, you know, on two feet again offensively, uh, I need to see it in the playoffs. Because last season in the playoffs is where we saw him collapse. And I, why should I believe that he won't do it again? Yeah. So for now, I think if they're relying on Kawhi and Paul George this much, I don't know that that is going to be enough in the playoffs, especially if Paul George just starts hitting shots off of the side of the backboard again. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, was that fair? I don't know. Anyways, yeah. now let's talk about midseason awards slash award predictions, I guess. Um, I guess I'll throw it to myself first for MVP. Uh, for me... Uh, it's between uh, Embiid and Jokic. We talked about this in a previous episode. I'm literally willing to flip a coin right now. That's how close it is for me. Um, <laughs> I, like, I don't want to rehash what we've talked about too much, right? Like, they're both really good offensively. Jokic is obviously the better passer. They're both important to their teams defensively. I'm just taking Jokic basically because, one, the advanced stats say so, and, two, because I said I liked him more than Embiid the last time we talked about this, and I don't want to contradict myself. But I think... It, it might come down to Embiid's team having a better record at the end of the season, to be entirely honest. But right now, I say Jokic. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Lucas? Yeah, I agree with you that it's essentially a coin flip at this point. Um, and for the purpose, I guess, of being different, and because I'm a homer, I'll pick Embiid. <laughs> just for like the slight reason that I think, while Jokic does way more for his team, I think Embiid this year has been more dominant at what he does. I think that he's just been sort of like a lights-out scorer, and which Jokic can do, but I don't know, just all around his game, just the way in which he controls the floor and is just that singular offensive weapon um, and scoring threat, I think has just been so impressive. And the fact that the Sixers are significantly better than the Nuggets this year also, also gives him the edge. Okay. Uh, let's talk about Defensive Player of the Year. Aiden, who do you like at this point in time? Uh, it's Rudy Gobert's, I think, to you know finally put some respect on the Jazz's name. Uh, but like, not only like statistically, like he's, I think he's top in defensive rating of anyone in the NBA. He's tops in defensive rebounds per game, second in blocks per game. Um, I think that it's like possibly more so. The NBA just kind of needs a way to recognize how good the Jazz have been this year, kind of in some way, and it clearly, clearly wasn't going to be the All Star draft. Um, so I guess, <laughs> guess we'll have the defensive player of the year. Uh, but I think it's Gobert's to lose with Ben Simmons and Miles Turner and a couple others kind of like, you know, potentially in the mix. But yeah. what do you think, Wyatt? Well, I did pick Ben Simmons for my pick. I think that given that um, I already forgot his name. Rudy Gobert, <laughs> given that Rudy Gobert has already won it in the past, Classic. kind of makes it less likely for me for him to win it again. And Ben Simmons is a force to be reckoned with on the defensive side. Lucas said it earlier, he's been a really good all-around player this year. And also the success that the 76ers have had, although I know that uh, Joel Embiid has played a big part in that. Being that Ben Simmons is the star, second star of that team, will probably earn him enough respect for me and the league to win Defensive Player of the Year. Okay, sure. Uh, (laughs) Next up, we've got Sixth Man of the Year. Uh, Once again, Lucas, who do you got? Um, I think pretty clear answer here is Jordan Clarkson from the Jazz. He's been a crazy good scorer off the bench. He's averaging essentially 18 points a game off the bench, which is impressive. Um, He's solid from three, and he really... The way he sort of plugs and plays in Donovan Mitchell's place when he's out on the floor, 
um, has just created a level of consistency for the Jazz that I think has helped them succeed a lot this year. Um, I don't think any other six man is sort of as important to like the team's continued success um, when the star isn't out on the floor. So I'll go Jordan Clarkson for that reason. I also win Jordan Clarkson, and he's kind of one of those players that's like he pretty much could be a starter, like Lou Will, but he just he just comes off the bench because he plays that role so well. And if you want representation, Aiden, for the Utah Jazz, how about two guys on the panel picking Jordan Clarkson to be the sixth man of the year? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'd love to see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's great. He is. Yeah, from, from what I read, he seems like a pretty unanimous pick right now, so hopefully he can keep that up. Um, okay, uh, an award I kind of forget about sometimes, most improved player of the year. Jared, thoughts? So I'm, I'm going to go Zach Levine, actually. Uh, I think it's kind of maybe a little off the wall. I don't know. He has the fifth best odds. But rebounds, assists, and points are all up. But I think the real jump is his field goal percentage jump was, I think, pretty crazy. He went from 45% to 52.5% this year overall and on threes he went from 38 to 43 percent so like that's a that's a pretty good jump in terms of efficiency in one year obviously he was already scoring at like a pretty high rate but I think he's at like 27 a game now and I think the reality is that the most improved player seems to go to like some kind of semi-popular like household name like Mm. it was Brandon Ingram last year then it was Pascal Siakam then it was Victor Oladipo and it was Giannis the year before that like it's it's people that have become a household name where like casual NBA fans will like, Oh yeah, I know who Zach Levine is where some of the other guys on the list. I was like, they have improved, but I don't, I still don't even know who this guy is. And <laughs> I, a lot of people put Jalen Brown up there and I was like, what? I don't really get that at all, but I'm going Zach Levine. Yeah. Aiden, what do you think? Yeah. I think Jalen Brown has an argument. Oh, I think Zach Levine's interesting. I'm going Julius Randall. I think you made a lot of good points, Jared though, about how like, like, a lot of guys whose, like, number jumps may have been very, like, impressive are going to be forgotten about because they're on irrelevant teams or they're just kind of, like, just not big names. Like, Jeremy Grant, Christian Wood, Colin Sexton, they've all had, like, bigger jumps in terms of, like, their, you know, statistical output than Julius Randle, but they're on, like, like some of the worst teams in the league. They're, I think all of yeah. those three are on bottom three teams in their conference. <laughs> Um, so I think Julius Randle has a shot because he's got a bit of a narrative with the Knicks having like a semi-good season. Mm-hmm. Um, I could see Zach Levine kind of having a similar thing because the Bulls have not been that bad. They're like, I think like ninth or something currently in the East. Um, so I think that's going to partially drive it as if the, like their their team is actually doing well, um, like in addition to their them like improving. Um, but yeah. yeah. Okay. And last but not least, not a player, but a coach, coach of the year, Jared, who do you have there? I'm going to add on to the 76ers love and go Doc Rivers, actually. I think he seems to have unlocked Embiid a bit to to be like the more consistent star that everybody wanted him to be. And there was always question marks about like, does Embiid even want it? And all the like, is his effort there and all that stuff? And whatever it is, Doc Rivers has kind of figured that out. Obviously, he's got them in first place in the NBA standings as I'm speaking, I believe, so... Um, yeah, I think I think I have to go with Doc Rivers on that. Okay, uh, that's fair, but uh, it's wrong. No, I, I, <laughs> I want to say I like Coach of the Year every year because there's always like a few candidates who seem like they have like an equally good um, argument, and I think this year is very similar. Like I, I agree, he's a, he's a good choice. I think Monty Williams of the Suns is also a good choice, but I want to go with Quinn Snyder. Maybe it's the easy pick because he's his team has the best record in the year in the league. But I, I just think this year they seem like they've really clicked in the sense of like they finally managed to mesh the talent that they have um, like between their three all-stars and just like good selfless team basketball. Like I've talked about this before, like kind of throwing it back to how the Spurs used to play like a decade ago or so. And that to me speaks more than anything to good coaching. And I also mm-hmm. just think it's like it would be nice to reward kind of like what Aiden was saying, like give, give some love to the Jazz for when they haven't had it before. Quinn Snyder has been there for a long time. I think he probably could have been fired for like each of the past like three seasons because they had like <laughs> underwhelming playoff results. But management stuck with him, and I think it, I just think he should be rewarded now for actually finally um, like delivering. Uh, maybe they'll fall off in the first round of the playoffs again. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I just think he's done a really good job this year. So that's my choice. 
Um, let's move on now. Since it's the All-Star break, there's a, a small chunk of the season remaining, so let's go through maybe some uh, hopes and dreams that each of us have for what we might see <laughs> in the rest of the season. Let's start with you, Wyatt. Uh, I'm going – I simply when I put it in my notes, I put beef, but actually it's player on but play, player disdain. James Harden and Giannis have historically not liked each other. Dame and yeah. Westbrook, Chris Paul and Rondo. There was like the big Clippers and oh. Lakers thing last year. And I was thinking about it, and nothing has really st- stuck out to me. I was really hoping that the Nets would implode at some point this time uh, or the, at this time this year because uh, I just need I just need a good headline. It feels like everyone's kind of, and especially LeBron James tweeting about Seth Curry and Dame and, you know, all disrespected and Devin Booker's disrespected and all that stuff. Too much love, and I want a little bit of beef going on in the, in the NBA. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That is fair. Um, my wish is literally, it's I'm Timberwolves fan in me. I want to see Cat, D'Angelo Russell, and Anthony Edwards actually get meaningful minutes together. The three of them have played 21 minutes total together. Uh, in, injuries have ruined the, the Wolves' season. Like, the highlight of the season literally might have been Ryan Saunders getting fired. I know this season's <laughs> probably lost, but I want to see them play some meaningful minutes again towards the end to maybe give us fans hope for what uh, next season might hold, or maybe they just won't play together and it'll be more depressing news. But that's that's mine. Yeah. For mine, I'm, a, I'm definitely tempted to say... Um, have the nets implode i agree with wyatt on that that would just be so entertaining <laughs> on so many different levels um but my my real one's gonna be i, I want the wizards to make the playoffs they've been heating up a bit <laughs> the last 10 games you laugh now uh, but no, <laughs> they've won seven of their last 10 their first half schedule was was significantly harder than their second half schedule you got a they're only two games back at the back of the eight seed um, not to mention there are a bunch of teams in the East who have been overachieving. Um, not gonna, not gonna mention a certain New York team, um, but um, I, I think it's a possibility, and I, I'd like to see Bradley Beal. I think he's averaging like thirty-three a game or something. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Really ridiculous. I'd like to see him like will that team to like a playoff spot. Remember when he did that last year and he wasn't an All Star? Yeah, yeah. Sad. Anyway. But no one cared apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I I have like multiple actually. The first one, probably, I think the one I want to see the most is I want to see Steph Curry just go absolutely go off in the second half and just have like circus hitting like circuit shots like he was in the All Star game. So like to kind of to like bring a little more excitement into the NBA and like and then win the MVP on route to the Warriors making the playoffs. Overall, I want to see the Warriors become like the league villains again, where we're rooting against them like every night and everything. That's what I want, and especially when Clay. This is more down the line, but when Clay comes back, I hope they take the league by storm. That's what I, that's one thing I want to see. But especially this year, I just want to see Steph Curry go off. He already kind of has been, but just like some circus shots that like when I watch ESPN, I can see that. Another thing I want to see is Clippers Blazers playoff series that gets super chippy. And that Dame hits another game-winning shot in Paul George's eye. Did you guys see the interview where Paul George was like, I guess I was wrong when I said that that was a bad <laughs> shot back in that playoff series because Dame just hits those every time now. Mm-hmm. I want that to happen again, essentially. I think that'd be fun. Last thing, I want to see Lakers-Pelicans in the first round and have Zion take the Lakers to like six or seven games. That would be that would be so fun. Even, like, I don't think they wouldn't win the series, obviously. But to, to take them to like six or seven games would be, I think, really exciting. So yeah. Anyway, Dude, that's my wish list. If Anthony Davis isn't back, like, who knows? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. Um, uh. my my wish is for free COVID testing for Team Barbers. Uh, it did <laughs> screw. <laughs> it did screw the Sixers over a little bit. Uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons both have the same barber who got COVID. Um, you know, wish him the best, but it's kept it kept them out of the All Star game, and it's gonna. I think Embiid is going to miss one game and Simmons is going to miss two games right after the All-Star break because of it. And their Sixers are locked in a super tight battle with the Nets for the number one seed. And I just, I want that to happen, even though, like, in theory, the number one versus number two doesn't matter. And every game without Embiid or Simmons hurts their chances of that. So get the COVID, get the COVID test for the Barbers. It's all didn't, it, didn't it, wasn't there a Barber fiasco last year as well in the bubble? I want to say that a a barber got COVID in the bubble 
Or no, maybe I'm thinking of uh, the, the Chiefs. The Chiefs, the Chiefs, the Chiefs. Yeah. The Chiefs yeah. These, these dang to, yeah. barbers, uh, man, they just keep. I know. <laughs> <laughs> just let the hair grow. Yeah, yeah. Do you think exactly. though, if, if you're getting ready for the Super Bowl, don't you be? Don't you think you'd be like, I'm just gonna let my freaking hair grow out? Yeah. <laughs> not worth it. Not thinking, yeah. The All Star <laughs> game makes sense because you can actually see the players' hair. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so today we're going to wrap it up with some nickname discussion. For those of you who have been waiting for this segment, here it is. We're going to talk about our favorite and least favorite nicknames. Um, I think maybe we can we can go through our favorites first and then loop around and go through least favorites. Um, let's start with you, Lucas. Who was your favorite nickname of all time? It's a big ask. I chose Iconic Lakers for both of these. So for my best nicknames, Spoilers. I have Irvin Magic Johnson. I think there's no better nickname that sort of captures a player and how he played um, than Magic Johnson. The name became so iconic that it's just like what he's called at this point. We don't even use it as a nickname. It's just his name. Not only that, but he just created like this sort of joy and hype around the Showtime Lakers. Like that team, those teams were so fun and it's because of his like excellent passing and flair on the court. And I think Magic just sort of nicely sums up his game and the joy of it and has become, again, just like an iconic sports name. So Magic Johnson. Best sports nickname. Yeah, that's honestly a hard one to top. I went with David Ortiz, otherwise known as Big Poppy. I just think it's super, I don't know, it's just super iconic for me. That was kind of like the sports, one of the sports icons I grew up with, being a Red Sox fan. Uh, That's really all I have to say about it. I just think it's a great nickname. It fits him. It just fits him well, and uh, I I like the name itself a lot, too. So Big Poppy. Rolls off the tongue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Jared. I wanted Big Poppy. I oh, stole dang. that one. Yeah, <laughs> so I had to go with another big. Um, choosing Bartolo Colon's nickname, Big Sexy. Um, it's <laughs> it's simple. It's to the point. It's undeniably accurate for a man who moves with a lot of authority. Um, and yeah, I think it just <laughs> really encapsulates Bartolo, who's just like who it will always be incredible that that man is a professional athlete. Um, and he manages to like be enormous and be like kind of clumsy and still like really pull it off and is like kind of cool for it. Um, so yeah. so yeah. <laughs> Good one. Uh, my choice was Andre Kirilenko. And listen, I I understand what you're saying. If you're saying that because it's initials and num and his numbers, it's not cool. But AK47 is just like so great because it's just it's just perfect he's russian the ak-47 is russian like ak-47s are intimidating he was like when he was in his prime he was intimidating and the coolest thing is i learned this reportedly he was born in the city that ak-47s were first made in so i like it because it's kind of like a like a a throwback to like something personal for him so i just like anybody else trying to do their initials and their jersey numbers mad but that one's just cool for me so yeah do you know if he intentionally picked yeah. 47 as his number? Absolutely, because he he, okay. he wore like 15 okay. for the Russian team, I think, or something like that. Okay. But he did 47 in the NBA, and I, or 40, yeah, I think it must have been intentional. Must have yeah. been. I went with George Herman Ruth, who you probably don't even know who it is, better known as Babe Ruth. <laughs> uh, so you, you probably thought Babe was his actual name. It turns out it was a nickname. I was shocked when I was looking at nicknames. Um, but I think my favorite thing about his nickname is that there's a lot of lore about where his nickname came from, but nobody actually knows. It was just like a, apparently a common nickname in baseball back in the 1920s <laughs> or I guess the early 1900s. Uh, so there were other people named Babe and he was just the one that was able to make it stick. So I picked Babe Ruth, yeah. George Herman yeah. Ruth. It's a good one. <laughs> Classic. Okay. Lucas, let's go back to you. Least favorite now. All right, so Shaquille O'Neal Shaq? has some good nicknames. Shaq is a good nickname. Shaq is a good nickname, <laughs> and he should have just stuck with that. He had to go out and claim the big Aristotle as well. <laughs> First off, it's just an inaccessible nickname. I had to go to college before I learned who Aristotle was or learned anything about him. And even then, I didn't learn that much. It was the worst grade I got in all of college. Was on my Greek philosophy <laughs> class. <laughs> so, it, so it's it's first off, it's inaccessible. You need something like catchy to like stick, and the big Aristotle just does not stick for me. Plus, like 
Aristotle in my research is like, you know, reserved, observational. And Shaq is a smart guy. He, you know, he has a doctorate and everything, but he is not like reserved and observational. He's like braggadocious. And plus, it came from when he said this following quote. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm the Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> Um, I'm like the Pythagorean theorem. Not too many people know the answer to my game. <laughs> what? No, there's more. Yeah, there's more. Um, there's no answer to the Pythagorean theorem. Well, there is an answer, but by the time you figure it out, I got 40 points, 10 rebounds, and then we're planning for the parade. So, <laughs> like, what that even means, I don't know, but... Yeah. Yeah, there's just a lot of layers to it. Big Aristotle, <laughs> worst nickname. And Shaq's a good one. Just stick with that. Yeah. <laughs> that's a vintage, that's vintage Shaq right there, though. Yeah. That's, I've never heard that quote before. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, there I, is. I saw but, that while yeah. I was researching for this. While I was researching for this segment, oh, I saw that quote, and that was pretty yeah. funny. Uh, I'm going with Maddie Ice, oh. otherwise known as Ma- no. Matt Ryan. I think it's stupid. Well, when I first heard it when I was a, ki- a kid, I was like, I don't even know what that. I thought it was if it was supposed to be like him just being like ice cold under pressure, or whatever. I think it's kind of dumb, personally. But then it's supposed to be like Natty Light or Natty Ice or whatever. But nobody refers to it as Natty Ice anymore. I've, I've never heard that before. I only hear Natty Light. And, and I was like, what is, even then, what is that implying? <laughs> that he can drink well and he has a beer belly? Like, I don't know. It's, it's it a dumb nickname. Sure. It, doesn't work. it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Not to mention that he's blown a bunch of leads in his time, but anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so he's not nice, ice cold yeah. in the clutch. Yeah, for mine, I'm going with Kevin Durant. Uh, not KD, which is a, one of the, it's a good initial one. That's that's one of those that like really flows off the tongue. Uh, but back in 2014, KD um, proposed a new nickname for himself uh, because at the time Slim Reaper was floating around, uh, which is a pretty good nickname and I, I enjoy it. Yeah, like um, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, at the, this was, you know, pre-Warriors KD. He was, you know, still like kind of, you know, like PG. Um, and he said that it was too dark for him. Um, which is pretty funny thinking of KD now. Um, but anyway, his, his proposal was um, The Servant is what he wanted his uh, nickname to I be. Remember that. <laughs> and he, he, told, he told Bill Simmons on some podcast when he was asked why, he was like, <laughs> it's another quote I'm going to struggle with. I just like to serve everybody, Durant told Simmons. My teammates, ushers at the game, <laughs> fans. <laughs> Do not know what that means. <laughs> but anyway, needless to say, it did not catch on. Um, I feel like as a lot of nicknames that people try to give themselves do not catch on, especially ones that are just super not cool sounding, like the yeah. servant. So great rule about <laughs> so nicknames. That one. You can never yeah. give yourself the nickname. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they never stick. Should be obvious at this point. He also had Durantula. Okay, exception, yeah. exception. Mm-hmm. Dr. J gave himself that nickname. Oh, he did? Uh, that, and that works, cool. but sorry. <laughs> Fair. Um, so, my least favorite, I... Yeah, I had to go with Glenn Davis, a.k.a. Big Baby. What? <laughs> Dude, I, I don't know. I don't know. His marketing team is getting fired, because like, I don't know who thought this was a good idea. There's like... Okay, so we talked about Big Poppy and Big Sexy. Those are cool, because like... The, the thing after big is, like, still just fun and, like, positive. There's nothing good about being a baby, especially in the NBA. Not to mention he was, he was a power forward slash center, so you expected him to be big. Like, the, even in baseball, it's not, like, a given, right? But for him, it was a given. It just makes no sense. I think he could have done better. I did see, I did see, apparently, another one that he had was Baby, or, yeah, Baby Beluga, which is just, like, <laughs> super weird to me. I like that one. But I don't think that one caught on. Big baby double down. Yeah. Yeah, so I have to go with that one. It just makes no sense for a basketball player. I don't know why you would want it. Bart, Bart really said, yeah, there's nothing good about being a baby. As an NBA player? <laughs> I guess. They contradict each other. I don't know. There's something kind of, like, babyish about it. Like, he has a baby face, right? Absolutely. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's not... Yeah. He's also got that, like, chubby, like, kind of, like, baby, You're... like, roundish... <laughs> Dude, when you're posting somebody yeah. up on the block, 
baby face isn't a good thing. I know, but I, I, I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I always liked it too, I remember. But you can have your opinion. But I, think, I, I, I can see your argument. <laughs> it's not very intimidating, that's fair. <laughs> that's yes. <laughs> well, I'll finish mine. Uh, Lester Hayes, a very famous or good cornerback for the Oakland Raiders, a couple, back probably the 80s, 90s. I would say uh, he was very famous for his bump and run uh, play style. So they nicknamed him Lester the Molester Hayes. <laughs> oh, that's because he was like, great. Great. <laughs> Not great. R slash H like milk. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Man, yeah, that's that's a tough one. Uh, no explanation. Either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I wonder if he gave himself that one or <laughs> who gave who gave it? Yeah, double check on that. <laughs> Can I throw out some honorable mentions? I had a bunch. Go for it. Yes. Uh, a little, a little, a little guy named William Shakespeare, who played for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish back in like the nineteen early nineteen hundreds. Mm-hmm. His nickname was the Merchant of Menace. I really that's, like that one. That's an episode title for one of our episodes. If somebody wants to go back to early quarantine, so <laughs> hey, Another looking one, back in the can. Oh yeah, another okay, one I like, the Atomic Flea, which is Lionel Messi. I I've uh, pretty much uh, never heard anyone say that, but I I I know that's one of his nicknames. I think it's really funny. And then just to keep on adding to the Seventy Sixers, the answer, AI. I really like that one. That's a good one. What do we think of Paul Pierce's The Truth? That reminded me just now. Uh, I don't care about anything that Paul Pierce does. (laughs) It's okay. He was good, but I don't feel like he was good enough to earn that. Yeah. I feel feel like there was a time, uh, like the height of the big three, I think, like, even if he wasn't, like, enough of maybe just, like, a soul star for that to happen, I don't think I really, like, questioned it, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah, But yeah, in retrospect, it's a little little sus. But anyway. (laughs) Um,. But yeah, that's going to do it for our show today. Uh, If you like what you hear, as always, please like or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. uh, And, you know, throw us a follow on Twitter, on TikTok, uh, on Instagram, um, potentially on Facebook. I'm not sure if we've determined yet if we still have a Facebook page or not. That was uh, (laughs) an open question from last week. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, saying, just, yes. exactly there, there's still a bounty out for, for finding <laughs> our facebook page uh, but, but anyway we'll be back next week with with plenty of plenty of more stuff uh for sure uh, so thanks